with spoiler. Please be advised. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spoiler Up 25. American Sniper. Ooh. You guys have demanded it. Yeah. This, and we wanted to do it, too. Yeah. After I saw it, I called Chris and I said, you need to see this and we're going to do a Spoiler Up. You, you know what? I just saw it, too. This is very rare that I actually record the episode right after I see the movie. It's, uh, you know, I go to the movies at during dad time, which is uh, the 11 a.m. shows on Fridays and Mondays. Which is <laughs> that's awesome. The, yeah. That's the uh, no dad one's time. There. Kids are in school. Yep. I uh, had two... Um, chatty old women though and uh, on one side this was uh, hilarious to listen to two chatty old white women talk about how bill cosby should be left alone <laughs> <laughs> so and i'm thinking I'm like did i just hear with these crazy okay all right all right old ladies enjoy oh, the film so great um, but he was funny and he liked pudding yeah. just let him be oh, for da- it's easy to make fun of somebody <laughs> Was that was that what's happening? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's what's happening. Woman yeah. after woman yeah. is coming forward saying how he raped me. That's all. Oh, they're just yeah. It's a lot of pressure being in, on a television show. Yeah, they're just pulling it's, his tail. Yeah. Oh my god! Um, all right. Well, just to to anyone listening for the first time to a to a spoiler episode. Uh, we're just going to talk about one movie, American Sniper, and we're going to give away everything, the ending, all of it. So if you don't want to know, um. Don't watch the news. Don't watch the news. Yeah, don't watch the <laughs> yeah, news. Yeah, there's a uh, there's not a lot of spoilers in this that you probably don't already know. If you know anything about the film at this yeah, point. This movie, yeah, this spoiler is going to we're going to cover a lot of stuff. We're going to cover point. some ground. Okay. First things first, let's just talk about before we get into all the, the politics and the controversy that has now sprung up around this film, let's just talk first and foremost what we thought of it as a movie. Chris, did you like it as a movie? I thought when they finally brought the bear home to the family and he became part of the family, uh, I thought it was great. And now this, I think you're talking about Paddington. Oh, uh, wait, yeah. what are we doing? No, this is American Sniper. <laughs> okay. The war, the yeah. guy with the gun. The guy, Iraq, gunny, gun guy. Not the... Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, that one. No, I like that one too. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> well, there's a lot of controversy surrounding yeah. Paddington. Yeah. <laughs> um, the right and left are split on Paddington. <laughs> Is he a bear, isn't he? Oh. Uh, but uh, you know what? This movie, I- I'll tell you, the problem with a movie like this already going into it, you've already heard so much about it, and you've already heard controversy from all different sides. You don't know what to expect going in. So it takes a conscious effort, and I um, and I, I encourage everyone to do this. Go in with a clean slate, open mind. Watch the film first and enjoy it as a film before all this other yeah. noise that's coming at you from all these different right. areas uh, influences uh how you feel about it so i did like the film i liked it a lot actually and i thought it was a really well nuanced story uh basically a biopic about Mm -hmm. a soldier in um in war uh specifically it's interesting too when they went through his entire life um, he's a navy seal he's a navy seal like he started off gonna take really offense if you call a navy seal a soldier oh okay sorry (laughs) not not I'm not criticizing you. I just don't no, want Navy no. Seals I, uh, mad at us. No disrespect intended. <laughs> clearly, I don't want a, don't want a SEAL team descending <laughs> yeah. upon the garage. Yeah. If they do, hopefully they'll, they'll, be, they'll want to be coming down in Google helicopters. Yeah. I, uh, if they do, maybe we can sell them some shirts. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the way they started, they, they, we start. You know, we see his family, and we see the way he's brought up, and we see uh, ultimately that he wants to um, join the military. 
And because of his personality, he's like, well, I need to be the best of the best. And right. it's instantly, he's like, well, it's seal or nothing. And I'm right. not going to give up. And you see his training and all, all that. Uh, and I like the way it flashed back to him being in comma to actually um, the earlier parts of his life mm-hmm. and his training. I, I did like that, too, because it kind of kept things moving. What I really liked about the film and what I really like about Clint Eastwood is it, as a director, it was nuanced. And a movie like this could so easily not be nuanced. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a character uh, based on a real person, and you don't just show him as a cold-blooded killer. You see him um, wrestle with a lot of decisions in his life. You see a nice helping of PSD. PTSD, uh, the syndrome, like how it affects soldiers, how it affects um, families. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've seen a couple of these films and some of them, um, you know, have only you and I have seen like the dry land. And we've, uh, um, you know, some of these films have gotten very limited releases and, you know, or they just sort of missed the mark on how to handle PTSD or whatever. So this film, I thought it, it was interesting it was an interesting mix. It didn't get too far into any one thing. Like, it wasn't a movie just about uh, PTSD. Right. It wasn't a movie just about a, um, a SEAL sniper. Right. It wasn't a movie just about, um, you know, the horrors of war. Mm-hmm. It was, it really, Clint Eastwood really kind of gave you um, basically a portrait of a person and you get the good with the bad. Now, of course, there's some controversy. Well, there's a lot of stuff in the book that you know that uh and the tour that wasn't in the uh in, in the movie mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i would say the biggest problem i had with the film is um the way his death was handled uh, with a card coming up at the end and that was <sighs> yeah. that was and let me just before i talk about any anything else let me just talk about what's wrong with that on a um a narrative story perspective because what you have here is basically you have a you have a tale of a nuanced um hero but you know hero mm-hmm. he is a hero uh he's a hero of the story so when you have the hero of a story you have tragedies you have setbacks you have action you have basically an adventure now going back to the joseph campbell definitions of these um every time you have an epic story with a hero there has to be part of the death is part of that story right especially and it's usually a tragic death like imagine if we read the story beowulf and after he killed grendel and then killed grendel's mother a card came up oh and he was killed by a dragon later you know (laughs) so that but it's like narratively that's what we're getting it's like you can't do that You can't as like Robin Hood. Oh yeah, and he died, you know, later. Yeah, uh, you can't. You can't do that to us as an audience, as audience members. So, and it was such an important part of the story that you know this is he was helping uh, vets try to get through this, but he was taking him to the shooting range, and that's how he was killed. You can't just have the wife close the door and a card come up. I, I felt it was a it was really handled poorly. Now, um, I thought it was a, a really poor choice to. Uh, end the film and to uh, codify his life because you could actually really make some great parallels here about um, you know the horrors of war and death and senseless violence and all that stuff but you chose not to do anything you literally just stopped the film and and showed a card so uh, I I think as a filmmaker it was a lazy choice and this I'm saying this as as someone who really liked the film and thought it was a deeply nuanced film all the way throughout and I think the end was like kind of just my my question to that is you and I were talking a little bit about it before we recorded this is he was killed two years ago, February of 13. So I just wonder 
when production began. I, w- I wonder if that had something to do with it. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But, just kind of speculating, maybe. Yeah, I'm just the, yeah. I'm just speculating uh-huh. that maybe they're just from a time frame schedule and wanting to get it out by the end of 14 to get it Oscar consideration. Was that scene just we couldn't? I don't know. Maybe, don't maybe, know. maybe. Yeah. But because I agree with, I, I totally agree that I was like, it felt more like a a choice that was the wrong choice for the. Well, yeah, because the because the big part of it, and again, in the book which I have not read, but in hearing about the book and in hearing about you know who he was, he was this you know he was called the legend, and he in his book he was like you know they were savages. I was good at killing people, you know, and he was kind of like in interviews and publicly was like sort of um, kind of believing the hype. You know, he right. he got a lot of celebrity status as a result of this. And so when he rotated back, he'd be like, yeah, man, that's what I did. So, um, and, and he, he, how he chooses to, 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 deal with his PTSD is to take guys to a shooting range. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that that was in the film thematically, we're still just talking about the movie now. Right. The fact that you're right, they do, I mean, that's the big turning point in this guy is that's how he deals with his PTSD. He hasn't dealt with his PTSD. Correct. He's completely denied it. Yes. And, it's there's that great scene where he's talking to guys who are, I would almost wager, are actual vets who have been legitimately wounded. And you see guys without limbs. Yes. And that one guy tells the story about the cigarette. Mm-hmm. I doubt that's in the script. I, I bet you $100 that's that guy's actual story. Wow. You know? Mm-hmm. And that was like, th- at least that's what it, it felt very real to yes. me. Like he's talking to real vets having gone to. Um, the San, the Naval Hospital in San Diego and and spoken to some guys um, on several occasions who have been torn up like that and lost limbs and serious injuries and hearing have them tell their stories. That felt very real to me. So I definitely agree. Like that's this big part of this hero's story. And then it's just like, oh, by the way, it's like, oh, by the way, like- Oh, that's huge. That's huge. And yeah. then it's like, you know, he, I mean- the other thing was the setup right before the card was that he was dealing with his PSD. P- yeah, everything P- was better. His yeah. wife says, P- I'm, PTSD. So, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got my husband back. I'm glad I got my husband back. And he acknowledges it like, well, you were worth fighting for. Right. Like, uh, so it acknowledges not only was he better, that he had been working very hard to get there. Right. And then it also, um, it also, the fact that he was killed by another, a Marine with PTSD shows you how fucking severe it can be yeah another missed opportunity you know towards the the end of this film this is uh it also kind of reminds me like, a little what, bit what, how, who, what what actually happened to this marine that did like what the fuck happened right, what does he right. had to say about it like yeah yeah i'm sure he's in prison yeah unfortunately but what what is he what is his explanation yeah, don't end with just creepy guy getting in a car yeah you know, yeah, that's, yeah I mean, that's how goes, it is huh yeah um, uh, and also, you 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 have this interesting parallel of like Patton or T. E. Lawrence, where you have uh, uh, Patton went through the entire war without a scratch and then died in a car accident. Right. And same thing, T. E. Lawrence, entire Lawrence mm-hmm. of Arabia, and then it was motorcycle. So, it, yeah, and it's it's but I but I want to so that so that is a thing. But I 
I agree though that ultimately it's a it's a good movie. It's very good. Yes. I loved it too how they open they open up and this is in the trailer of him you know he's got eyes on a on a woman and a kid and then she hands the kid a grenade. Right. And what do I do? Right. And and the, and he's like, do you guys got eyes on this? And the pe- people, whoever he's talking to, command or whatever. Right. It's a no-win situation. He either kills a kid or the kid kills his friends. Yeah. Like, to, what? how do you, you can't right. win unless Batman comes down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> arm, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, That's, you know, you're, you're faced with horrible, horrible decisions. And what I loved, too, was after that scene, you know, he's wrestling with it. And he said, you know, I didn't think that's how this would go down. It's his first kill. Yeah, it's his first kill, and it happened to be a kid. Yeah, and I, I like how they, they, before we see what decision he actually makes, then we flash back to him as a kid right. and seeing, you know, uh, you know, you got to kind of grow up in a specific type of house, maybe, to be this kind of guy, and obviously it was a part of who he was, you know, and... Uh, and also, I like how... Uh, Showed his proficiency with a rifle. Yeah, I mean, he was good with a rifle <laughs> as an early age, and he had a dad who was teaching him how to hunt and stuff right. like that. So, um, I, you know, I don't know how many Navy SEALs were raised in sort of, you know, hippie theater parent households like I had. <laughs> I can guarantee you there's at least one. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Because, yeah, I'm sure you could argue that a Navy SEAL is sort of has that thing in them. Yeah. Um, but obviously it <laughs> so is. So if there's any Navy SEALs or Army Rangers listening right now that had hippie parents in theater departments, email <laughs> well, us. We want to we hear your you story. Are. I really want to <laughs> talk to you one-on-one. Um, uh, but no, that's funny because like my parents were hippie theater parents, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's why I make that joke. But my brother and I were very much like aggro boys who right. were like, let's play football and fight mm-hmm. and tackle and all that stuff. Um but we were also, this was kids in the 70s where it's like no war, anti-Vietnam. Right. So that was, had we been raised in a different household, mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe we would have joined. I don't know. But all that stuff, the flashback stuff, how he meets his wife, and then how he processed going through the war. You know, each deployment was different. And I uh, I spoke with um, a fan of the show, Lucas Lundsman, who is- in earbuds is in earbuds we interviewed uh he's in the army uh he was a sniper over there he was listening to the show while he was on one of his deployments uh and when we talked about how much we liked hurt locker it, it made him mad because it didn't seem accurate um yeah that's weird though in uh in the movie there's no scene of the snipers listening to podcasts which uh, <laughs> yeah that's where they really that's where clint that's where yeah i really uh, yeah. you know dropped the ball yeah he should definitely have a kid in hands shirt um but no, I was in Punisher shirts. <laughs> they did have Punisher shirts. That was pretty awesome. Um, but I was talking to Lucas uh, last night because he had just finished watching it because I saw it and I called him and I said, I, I want to hear what you have to say. And he was saying, um, just from like a technical standpoint, it felt very mm-hmm. accurate to him. Mm-hmm. And certain things, it was, it was interesting because certain things that I noticed, how on each deployment, certain things change. Like he's, he's driving a basic Humvee, which... And then the second deployment, they've obviously put armor on it. The third one, he's in with these these up armor things that are called M wraps, mm-hmm. and I noticed that, and he noticed that too. And I was like, yeah, because I remember when I was there in 04, in Afghanistan in 04, Iraq in 06, or Afghanistan in 04 and 06, and then Iraq in 07 and 08, and noticing the difference and all that stuff. So that was really accurate. 
But we both agreed there's no fucking way a sniper would be on a satellite phone talking to his wife in the middle of a goddamn firefight. Yeah, I was uh, I was watching that and I'm thinking in my head, you know, I'm not in the military. I've never been in combat, but I'm pretty sure if you're a sniper protecting your team, uh, you shouldn't be on the phone. <laughs> Put the cell phones on yeah, vibrate. Yeah, Turn yeah. them to airplane mode, maybe. See, it's like with the Hummer guy, the, the Hummer driver's like texting while yeah. he's driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that, you know. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, so, so the thing, a couple of that thing. Um, Definitely a couple of Hollywood embellishments. There were some Hollywood yeah. embellishments. Um, but this, the interaction between the other, the other soldiers, I was like, wow, this felt realistic to me again. I'm no expert. I'm just a comedian that's been over there. I do not know what it's like to be in combat. Um, but also as a film, you know, as a film viewer, it needs to look realistic to us who yeah. have not been in the military. Exactly. Well. So, and we felt it was. It felt absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and having been over there and interacted with a lot of people in the military, that really felt authentic to me in the way they talk about it. I remember the first time I was, we were, when I got to the Salerno base in 2004, and this guy picked actually I, I put this in Afghanistan this this guy picked us up and he's like yeah every night I go out hunting and I knew what he meant and I was like but hunting what and he looked at me like what do you, what do you think? think what do you think I'm hunting yeah um and that scene where uh, wabbits yeah rabbits <laughs> <laughs> that would have been hilarious if he would have said wabbits <laughs> wabbits <laughs> um, but that scene where Bradley Cooper comes back and he's there's only one other guy in their tent and it's after his first day of having to kill a kid. And he, and he, you could tell he's having a hard time with it, but he's having a hard time with it. He doesn't come back to the tent and scream and cry. He reveals as much emotion as a Navy SEAL sniper is going to reveal in that, in that scene. And the other guy in the tent sees it and goes, Hey man, it's a, you did the right thing. And, and that's the attitude they have to take. Well, the other thing I liked about it, and that you bring up a great point, is that the thing about um, Bradley Cooper, the, the way he did the performance and the actual uh, guy, is um, Chris, is the uh, the actual guy that's being Chris portrayed. Kyle. Chris, Chris Kyle. Kyle. Um, he believed it. He yeah. believed everything that he was doing was right. Mm-hmm. He believed, you know, um, every single thing. He believed it one hundred percent. And what I loved about it too, it's it would have been easy again for the filmmakers to go surround him with all the people that like felt the same way, but he did not. Like you could see, there were other, including his brother, there were other dissenting voices. Like right. I don't know if this is worth it, I, and it was it was a great nuance because you know that goes on. Yeah, you know, and, and the it, scene where he runs into his brother. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God. And his brother's like, I fucking hate this place. Yeah. And he was like, you could tell he had really bad PTSD. Yeah. And he was just ready to go. He's like, I and, hate this place. And you could tell, like, and another great performance in his eyes, like, he'll never be the same again. And he saw it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, that 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 I thought was really accurate and, and, and um, uh, Lucas felt the same way was, the the way and I, this is what I love was it's subtle the nuance how Clint Eastwood dealt with the PTSD, um, and y- you know m- maybe the overreacting to the dog against his kid might have been a little embellishy, but I'm sure stuff like that has happened. But like hearing the drill, you know, and yeah. mm-hmm. and you know he's just or any loud noise any loud every mm-hmm. the first time he's back there's a lawnmower and he and he yeah. jumps mm-hmm. and he's on alert in a room and and you know uh, another friend of mine that that I 
went to college with um, who was from New York and he lost three friends in, in the trade towers and at, at 9-11 joined at age 35 on September 12th and was in the airborne and he was a ranger. And I talked to him about that, about coming home. And he was just like one time, just his wife just dropped a broom handle on a tile floor and it was really loud and he almost jumped out of his wow. chair. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and he wasn't like, is there a rivalry between the uh, airborne rangers and the Navy SEALs? I'm sure. Yeah. All those guys, <laughs> all they, those all, guys they all have their rivalries. They all have their rivalries <laughs> and they all think, yeah, their unit is better and all that stuff. <laughs> what are the, all the elites? It's airborne rangers, well, there's Navy the, SEALs. There's the rangers, there's the SEALs, there's Delta Force. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, Chuck Norris is on that one. Well, yeah. Well, so they're the best. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Norris is General Norris. Yeah. Is <laughs> yeah. He's got rockets on his motorcycle. Come on. <laughs> He has an invincible mullet. Um, he has a Kevlar mullet. Um, no, but my my friend, um, you know, my friend uh, Tim, who who was over there, you know, was a gunner in a Humvee, and he was in Fallujah, and he had crazy stories, and he would say stuff like, you know, always have to have his back to the door, have to see all the exits, mm-hmm. and the the handling of PTSD um, was. I really liked it because I've I've had to deal with a little bit of that in terms of I've never been in a firefight and I was telling this to Lucas last night but I, I was on a helicopter that started shooting at someone and we were on a helicopter there was about 35, 40 minute they were shooting at someone <laughs> you know right. while I'm in this mm-hmm. helicopter and you know I always hear military, I always hear helicopters before everybody like when I'm out surfing especially if we surf down near San Onofre which is near Camp Pendleton Mm-hmm. Um, I'll hear military helicopters before my buddies mm-hmm. do and have to know where they're at. Well, they're tracking you. They're tracking you. Yeah, they are. They're like, <laughs> there's that damn hippie. Um, there's that godless hippie who we let into our war zones. Um, so, so like those things, and there, I remember there's certain, there was a song that was played that, that this, when I was, this, this soldier showed me when I was in Salerno, um, some guys had died in his base and, and one of the guys in the unit put together a, a, like a, a, a slideshow of, of the, the funeral they had on the base and put some music to it. And it was like, I remember why, and he was showing this because yeah, this just happened a month or two ago or whatever. And it was showing to me and there's this song and it was like, oh my God, it was really heartfelt and, and I've forgotten the song, but every time I hear it, 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 it strikes me, but yet I cannot tell you what the name of the song was, hmm. which is a weird thing. But I thought Clint Eastwood did such an accurate- She blinded me with science. <laughs> yes, that's what it was, Chris. <laughs> science. Anytime I hear that, I, I start crying and I break out in a cold sweat. <laughs> oh, I'm back in Salerno in Afghanistan. <laughs> it's poetry in motion. Weep. <laughs> Good heavens, you're beautiful, or whatever the lady's name is. See, I don't remember her name from the song. Um, but like, I liked all that subtle stuff and how um, he did slowly work through it. And that when he's, he's there's that great scene with the with the guy at the VA. And it, I like too that he, you know, he denied it for so long. Yeah, it's like it just and he just kind of got quiet. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, it got through. Yeah, and the the whole like guilt of I'm back home while my guys are still over there. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and again, I don't know what that's like. I remember though, coming back after doing comedy tours and being like, well, I need to go back and do more shows. You know, I remember when Scott Kennedy told me after, 
he had done a small base that a commanding officer said that every time a comedy show comes through town, like the suicide rate drops. I know you were saying that. And I remember yeah. just feeling like, oh, yeah. I, I'm not doing enough. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then there's the whole, well, I haven't earned the PTSD. People have had it harder than me, so I don't have it. Right. You know, and, and, and Clint Eastwood handled that really well with, with, with Chris Kyle. So overall, I really... I really liked and did a good job. The, the ending card thing was a little like, oh, I was just, I don't know that I was as disappointed or mad as you. I definitely was just like, oh man, like, yeah, yeah, like that, yeah. that was, that was an awesome ride. And then that, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm getting off too soon, you know? Um, but I, I kind of felt like, uh, uh, here's a quick spoiler coming up with Unbroken. We talked about this in Unbroken. It doesn't go into Unbro in Unbroken, like, the allies come in the end of Unbroken and that's it. And then they just show the actual footage of the actual guy running with the Olympic torch through Japan for the Nagano Olympics. And you're like, wait, what, what, what happened? What, how did he yeah, forgive the yeah. Japanese 50 years later? <laughs> I felt the same way. It was just sort of like, that's a huge part of the story. A little story. bit of a gloss over. A little bit of a gloss over. <laughs> I mean, I know you can't do a three hour movie. Right. But, you know, um, there's other places you could cut. You there's know, other there's places other, you, could you, you could definitely tighten and Okay, and so now, and what do you think? Should we keep talking about the film or should we get into the what the shit that these Oh, the controversy on yeah. it? You know what? I, I'm trying to think if there was a, some other points I wanted to make. I wanted to make a, a point about the acting. I thought the acting was excellent. I thought uh, Chris... Um, Bradley Cooper. Uh, Bradley Cooper. I'm going to say Chris Cooper. He's... Different guy. Uh, Bradley Cooper. He did an amazing job. And what, what I, I love about watching his evolution as an actor... He did a great job in this film, but also he also voiced a uh, you know rocket raccoon in my <laughs> in Guardians of the Galaxy. The, to see his versatility, I really I'm really liking him more and more. Bradley Cooper, he, he's proven again and again he's not just another pretty face. He's not got, he's got the goods, even close. And yeah. this is just again from an acting standpoint, like whatever your opinions are on the actual Chris Kyle and his book. Right. Mm -hmm. As an actor, Bradley Cooper, those scenes where Okay, you're a Navy SEAL. Mm -hmm. You're the toughest motherfucker on the planet. And yet in these close-ups, we saw the depth of his emotion right. in such a subtle way, mm -hmm. which is like, it was so impressive. I think, and I'm so glad Bradley Cooper is, is nominated and, uh, for this because it's, it's, a, it's a great performance. When you were watching this movie, did it ever occur to you, like it did during some of the battle sequences, I was watching this and I thought, you know what, this is a hard movie to direct for an old man. Like, because when you think how old Clint Eastwood is, right. to how complicated this film was, and uh, I just like, wow. I mean, it just, it, it made me like it even more. It was really- That, that, that Clint Eastwood is literally not even slowing down. Not at all. And, and this is another thing that, that, that Lucas said. He goes, it, I, it looked like Iraq. It felt like it Iraq. Did, yes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which is, which is like, it's, it's, that, that, was, that was an amazing, and again, that goes to what you're talking about. All these rooftop setups. Right. And these multiple, mm -hmm. you know, he's so they're shooting him on a roof, and then mm -hmm. and then a patrol down on the street. <laughs> right, that's okay. and, and let's let's put this one thing to rest right now. There is nothing glorifying about this film at all. I don't. A and you know what? This is not John Wayne storming the beaches of Iwo Jima. It is not. This is a um, this is a great nuanced portrayal of uh, a sniper and how the, horrible yeah, war and is. how horrible war is yeah so let, let's use that bridge to get into Absolutely. what this controversy is because this contro the controversy is now nonsensical okay, it's not god damn it it pisses me off okay so michael moore says um 
for those of you who don't know, I'm going to I'm going to bring up his And it was a tweet. Yeah. Speaking of nuanced, you yeah. know, I, I, but Doug made a great point before he said, you know, maybe if Michael Moore wrote like his long op-ed and went into his personal feelings and just kind of explained, nope, a tweet. I, I just uh, Okay. Um I I want to bring cuz I want to read the this, the quote. You want to read it exactly. I want to read it exactly. Okay. Um but it's easy to paraphrase. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, where but is while it? you're looking oh, for it, I will say that as um, as Graham and I, our politics are generally uh, a little bit to the left. You know, I would say uh, <laughs> center left. Mm-hmm. Um, it infuriates me specifically when lefties run their mouth off saying really stupid ignorant shit because you know what it does is like you're not helping you're 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 actually hurting the cause here's the thing you're not helping and don't fucking speak for me yeah exactly you and bill maher do not speak for me no no so did you find it so read read, michael moore's tweet which was on uh january 18th sniper uh on on tweet yeah so my uncle killed by sniper in WW2. We were taught snipers were cowards. We'll shoot you in the back. Snipers aren't heroes and invaders are worse. Okay. So here, Where do we let, begin? you know what? I'm going to begin with this because I, I thought about it and uh, I was actually more angry at Bill Maher because Bill Maher actually a lot of times makes cogent arguments and he um, can back up a lot of what he says. And he's funny. With a, and he's funny with, with, with a reasonable um, you could get to, even if you don't agree with him, you could kind of get to where sure. he, he usually goes with what he's saying. Like, um, th- there's some kind of logical progression with his, uh, with right. his thoughts. Now, Michael Moore, I, I didn't bother me at all what he said, because it's not even a, an opinion. It's not even a, um, it, it's not even a statement. It's just nonsensical bullshit just spewing out onto the internet. It, it, it there's no there's no content there. Right. There really is. It's just nonsense and nonsensical. And what what really, in fact, it, it what it what it really did is make me sad because I like Michael Moore and mm-hmm. I've liked his films. And if you ever watched the TV Nation, the TV show that he had for a mm-hmm. long time, not a long time, I think it was only two seasons. Um, it's brilliant satire and it's fantastic and it was you know at the height of his game. But now you've got basically this tweet is the equivalent of a cranky old man saying, get off my lawn. It's, it's really yeah, what yeah. it is. <laughs> and it, what it is is um, it's a nonsensical statement that um, is front-loaded with hate and ignorance, and it's everything that he supposedly stands against. And it, it, it just, it really, it just kind of made me sad more than angry to uh to read that here here i'll say this i've met michael moore i was at his festival with doug benson we did doug loves movies at the traverse city film festival Mm -hmm. spring of 2013 so almost two years ago very nice guy um i like the guy um he here's something you don't probably don't know he hires vets yeah exactly you know he made up and he's and he's made this big push in michigan to to have like a hire a vet campaign, he you know he refurbished this theater in 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 uh, in Traverse City, which and he like the popcorn cuts the prices. He's like these seven dollar pop he subsidizes everything. He cuts yeah. it down mm-hmm. and he goes. I hired an Iraq vet to be my projectionist, and he does right. all this stuff. When he says shit like this, I'm like, this is you. When 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 liberals do this, 
I'm like, this is why then the right wing just goes, oh, you guys hate America. And it gives them so much ammunition. It's, so it's like, you know, stupid. when Ann Coulter says something crazy, it's like, why is everyone, you know, shocked? That's just, that's what right. she does. Right. The difference is with Ann Coulter is it's very calculated. It's calculated when she says something crazy, it's to sell a book or she's got an appearance coming up. Or she goes off her meds. Or she goes off her meds. Whereas Michael Moore, I think he's just really, he's kind of gone off the deep end. And it's like I said, it's like an old man yelling to get this off the This doesn't lawn. make any sense on the lot in a lot of levels because okay <laughs> snipers in the back we had snipers in world war ii michael yes um, on our side on our side by yeah. the way uh you know your uncle i'm sorry he and died. they probably saved some lives they probably saved some lives i mean you know there were so many stories of of american gis getting you know, they would capture some Germans and say, oh, we're going to take them back to base so they can be prisoners of war and then go, oh, by the way, they tried to escape. We had to shoot them. So they're mm-hmm. shooting unarmed prisoners of war. Okay. War's fucking awful, man. Yeah, war's horrible. War's horrible. It makes people come home from war. They're not the same people. My, no. my uncle was a Marine. He joined at the end of World War II. He fought in Guam and then he fought in Korea. And he was one of the Marines that, um, I forget the specifics of this, but the Chinese said, don't pass. I believe it was the 49th parallel or something like that. We passed it. The Chinese flooded into Korea and he was detached from his unit and had saw, and I'm guessing had to see and do horrible things. And he came out, survived. Most of his guys died. He survived. Never the same guy. About 10 years or so after he comes back from Korea, he commits suicide, which was a big like thing that my mom would always say to my brother and I, like, I don't want you guys going to war because you're going to come back changed men and I don't want this to happen to you. Based on this logic though, I mean, do I, like if I were to use Michael Moore's logic, am I mad at, do I blame the Marine Corps well, see, that, or the Chinese government? Like, you, what you're, do I, you're, that's like, your first mistake. If I were to use Michael Moore's logic, right, exactly. there isn't any there. Right. there. There's nothing there. It doesn't make any sense. And the thing so, that, that, that bothers me is it's just like when, when Michael Moore says this, then the right flips out and- Oh, he's fat and he's a dumb hippie who hates America. And it's all this, like if he were just to have a cognitive thought a little bit. And they double down on uh, the fact that, uh, well, this sniper's an American hero. And then all of a sudden it goes too far right. to the other side. No, no, no. This is a portrait of someone uh, in war. And this is what, you know, this is the good and bad. And this is how it changes people. And these, so, <laughs> we're not sending caricatures and comic book characters to where we're sending people yeah they're people they're human beings and and both sides they and, get yeah, exactly. killed and they kill people and you're exactly <laughs> what you're saying then this forces then so then i'm sure now because of this some fucking wingnut tea party militia guys are like i'm gonna go see goddamn sniper yeah you know i'm gonna fucking <laughs> whack some towel heads or whatever and it's like no 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 you're yeah. you're missing the whole point of now this. that's the wrong takeaway and then we can we can get to the nice other uh, big elephant in the room is uh corporate media loves oh, a yeah. uh, a spitting contest and also loves a fake controversy that they create yeah like michael moore um, uh or um uh, Bill Maher started by saying, oh, there's a big controversy now. I'm like, no, because you're creating it. Yeah, Bill Maher. That's why uh, you're creating it. That's why now, now we got to, and Bill Maher specifically said it, now we got to take sides. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, no you, you don't. don't. You could just watch a movie that's a biopic of an actual uh, Navy SEAL. So sniper. here's the thing. Like, if you guys haven't, you can get it on Google or, or YouTube. You can see about a day or two later than on Bill Maher's show, he addresses this. And makes Incor- this incorrectly. incorrectly, incorrectly, and so incorrectly, and 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 
I have not met Bill Maher up close. Uh, I think he's a funny guy. I think he intentionally likes to stir the pot. Yeah, and a lot of times he's absolutely right. Well, I mean, his, absolutely... And his satire is fantastic. Yes, and also he's a privileged Hollywood asshole. That too. I know people who have worked for but him. But he drives a Prius. Yeah, he drives a Prius. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's why I don't watch his show as much anymore because I just feel like I'm watching rich white liberals talk like they're fucking the common man. And we don't have HBO. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I can't afford it. <laughs> Um, my free, my free HBO fell, uh, ended. Um, but, but you look at like, and there was, um, you know, there was one great rebuttal. One of the other panelists was actually sane and said, uh, like, I don't know what movie you guys yeah. were watching. This is not what I saw. You saw a soldier struggling Here, with all these things. Yes. Here's what Bill Maher was, was, I guess, trying to do, but I don't think he came across this way. He's trying to, because he reads quotes from the book. Yes. And as we said, and again, uh, Lucas was telling me he had read the book before he saw this movie. He read the book a while ago. And if you want to make an argument that the book makes Chris Kyle seem like a sweetheart when he isn't, okay. Or the movie does. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie makes Chris Kyle seem like a, 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 a sweet, more of a nice guy than he was. Glossed over more of the rhetoric that's in the book. The rhetoric, and especially uh-huh. after he rotated out and was like, uh, was doing a lot of interviews and was talking all this like, yeah, you know. Some basically trash talk. Yeah, yeah. sort, you know, kill uh-huh. them all, let God sort them right, out. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that that famous quote from uh, Schwarzkopf of it's not my job to forgive Osama bin Laden, it's my job to arrange the meeting. Um, that's God's job or whatever. So, so there's the, there's a lot of that rhetoric now, I, and that's a fair that's a fair com, that's a fair complaint. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, the movie made him. You know, we talk about that a lot. We talked about that with Selma. Yes, and the some de- liberties the, and the depiction of LBJ, which, by the way, um, the director um, I forget, Ava Ava um, on her Twitter post put a really great article uh, that a woman wrote. Ba- saying about LBJ and saying, mm-hmm. well, actually the movie was kind of a little accurate and this, this, and this, and it's an excellent article. So, mm-hmm. and I read that article and went, oh, okay, mm-hmm. this is, this is more, a little more information. Maybe I still some poetic license, still some, so, but, uh, yeah, still some poetic <laughs> license, but, but a fair article because right. again, people way overreacted on the L, you know, especially it's like, it's one scene. It's one scene. Yeah. You know, it's That's not a, like right. the entire the movie. Entire yeah. It's so, not like someone was on their cell phone for the entire war. Right. Right. <laughs> So, so getting back to what Bill Maher was saying, but he make he's like, oh, so we're just supposed to say, uh, yeah, great, he's an American psychopath and kill, 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 and and then he makes the dumbest point, the dumbest point. Bill Maher says, well, he refers to them as savages, the Iraqis as savages. He goes, well, if he's a Christian, this is a Christian country. Um, what the fuck do you think Bill Maher says in the green room when the cameras are off? Oh, Can you imagine? <laughs> I just said, I just, and he goes, then that doesn't sound very Christian. Okay. And Bill Burr is the comic on the show. Yeah. Thank God Bill Burr chimes in and goes, wait a minute. You're quoting a guy one Out of context. Quote, and this is war. Yeah. People say horrible shit in war. Because yeah, they're being shot at. What the fuck? <laughs> like, and let me, let me. Someone who's never been in a war, Bill me, Maher. Let me say this. And I, I got to make this point real clear. I doubt Bill Maher, Bill Maher, Michael Moore are ever going to listen to the show. I hope they do. And I want them to know uh, Their that, PAs might be listening. Well, if their PAs are listening or anybody in either of these guys' camps know this. I personally am, am a liberal. I'm not a Democrat. Uh, I was against the war in Iraq. <laughs> I voted against Bush any chance I could. Um, which was twice. Which was twice. <laughs> Um, I, I'm from Chicago, yeah. so I, I had a <laughs> couple, to do it a few more yeah, times. I had a couple dead guys vote in my behalf. 
build some more parks. Exactly. (laughs) Gonna vote early and often, just as Mayor Daly said. Um, So, and I'm not a big fan of organized religion. But this is the dumbest thing I've ever goddamn heard. Like, and here's the thing, and this is this this is what you were saying too about dividing the country. I was against the war in Iraq. I, I petitioned all my representatives. And I was against it, against it, against it. Once it happened, I was like, well, I don't want this war to fail just so I can say I told you so. Exactly. And because that is ludicrous. It's, it's, and Democrat or liberals that were doing that, you're just as stupid as these Republicans who are just against- We're sabotaging the president, you know, for eight years. For anything. Yeah. Oh, socialized healthcare. It's actually helping a lot of people. Why the web, why the website crash? Because millions of people don't have fucking healthcare, you dipshit. Like I'm saving $300 a month now because of Obamacare. So that thinking doesn't help. And Bill Maher saying this, what the fuck do you think happens in a war? When someone is shooting at you, do you think you're like- Oh, I love them. They're the thing. And, and then he talks about, he goes, the first scene, he's re- about ready to shoot a kid, a kid that's been given a grenade. And, like, what you, the fu- and you actually see him wrestle with this. It's like, the, I don't want to do this. And it's like, what am I supposed to do? And then, uh, you know, he had to kill the, the mother, too. Yes. And he had to kill the woman, too, because, because she, she picked it up yeah. and threw it. And in fact, he hesitated. So she actually got, she threw it. But luckily, she, he, um, he got her in time where the uh, you know his buddies weren't killed. So it's it's unbelievable. Like like that was his job. Like that was his job. Well, he's we hired him to kill children in a foreign country. It's ludicrous. Uh, it's absolutely ludicrous. So you know, and to act like these guys weren't human, and they were. I mean, war does horrible things to you, but you could see it in his eyes. He didn't want to do this. In fact, the um, um, the the soldier that was stationed next to him that was to protect him, you know, the sniper that they, right. uh, I think it was a Marine. And he was like, hey, man, great job. And he was like, shut up, get off. Yeah, like, shut it, up. This is, you know, this is horrible this what is, I just had to do. Uh, I, this, Bill Maher, you're not helping the situation. And I don't believe he saw the film. I really don't. No. I mean, he says he did, but it's I, like, like I, I agree with the one, one uh, guest. He said, what movie did you guys I know. see? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think he, I think he saw clips of it or something, because here's, right. here's what I think happened. He's a very busy man, Bill Moore. Uh, I think this was just some sort of like vendetta against uh, Clint Eastwood for that stupid old man talk to the chair speech <laughs> yeah, yeah. at the Republican convention. Yeah, and uh, by the way, that didn't help Clint Eastwood. No, <laughs> help the republican party no, either <laughs> oh here's a crazy rich white guy talking to yeah, a chair yeah yeah nice work um and it's just that kind of crap is, is uh, and but it's again it's our the corporate media in this country is we have to have a fake controversy because it's all about generating um ratings and money so um so the takeaway for this film is it's actually a good nuanced film and don't believe the hype on either side um, when you go see this movie, um, see it for the way it was uh, intended as a um, a portrait of a uh, of a Navy SEAL sniper uh, from good and bad, start to finish. And you know, then if you want, read the Chris Kyle book. Yeah, then decide for yourself. And decide for yourself. How much was uh you know left out? You know, and that's the other thing too. Like, and this is what I love about podcasting. It reminds me of an interview we did with Will Anderson for Earbuds who Will came up doing a lot of radio in Australia. Mm -hmm. 
And he goes, I'm, I don't want to do, he goes, I'm, you know, radio, you had to pick a side. I'm pro, I'm con, right. I'm for, I'm against. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I don't want to do that in podcasting. He goes, I want to have a discussion on things. And maybe at the end of the discussion, I don't know. You or know you change your mind. Oh, How you many times your- that we've talked on this podcast and like one of us has had their yeah, mind change. Mind change. Mm-hmm. You know, ultimately this film. Mainly because we're both very weak minded. <laughs> <laughs> We each guy can do a Jedi mind yeah. trick on the other one. <laughs> That's how dumb we are. Um, but no, I, I I think this movie obviously meant uh, a lot to me in terms of having gone over there and how much that's impacted and changed my life. And uh, it does show that war is horrible. And there was some and and to just jump on oh Chris Kyle was a, was a, was a sad psychopath or he was this amazing hero no he was flawed he's a human yeah. being he was very good at a job that's not that's an ugly awful job right a job that you could argue we need or maybe we don't need i don't know but i saw a congressional medal of honor winner from vietnam in an interview uh around the time 0405 so we were already into the iraq war and he said you know and he had to deal with you know, people calling him a baby killer and shit like that in the 70s. And he goes, to protest the warrior is wrong. He goes, but but protesting a war, it's good. He goes, the day the human race stops protesting war, we're in trouble. Yeah, that's a great uh, point. Because war, yeah. war is fucking awful. Mm-hmm. It's that, you know, MacArthur's got that quote, um, you know, about only, the, and it's similar to the Eisenhower quote of only the only the soldier the soldier above all prays for peace because he is right. the only one, you know, that has seen the horrors of war. So yeah, there's a lot of great quotes like war is mankind's most solemn act. No one should be celebrating ever going to war. And well, there's, and there's, and let's go back to some movies real quick. There's a great scene in Patton where George C. Scott, they're getting ready for the D-Day invasion. George C. Scott is great in this movie, by the way, this is a good war movie. And he goes to the army chaplain and, you know, Father, I need a good beat the Nazis prayer or whatever. And the father goes, well, I can't do that because the Bible says thou shall not kill. (laughs) An army chaplain says this to fucking General Patton. Goes, the church is against this war because you're killing people. And he's like, you know, and whatever. He's like, oh, give give me a good one, you know, (laughs) which is is great. But then there's also, and you referenced it earlier uh, in David Lean's um, uh, Lawrence Lawrence of Arabia, there's that great scene where Peter O'Toole goes, the worst part about this war is I actually started to like it, you know. And well, I love the, uh, the too. The and David Lean is such a uh, an amazing filmmaker. Like, you know, uh, he showed T. Lawrence with a Christ complex, but there were all these great um, subtle filmic techniques, like uh, giving him stigmata too, like uh, like the wounds on his back opened up again, like mm-hmm. the like Christ's palms. Mm-hmm. It was really. Um, it was really fascinating. It's, it's it's one of the best movies ever made. Is Lawrence of Arabia? It's it's so amazing, and I, and I think this is. And I really liked Hurt Locker. It's okay, Lucas. Um, uh, but I think this thus. Far, I think I honestly, I think I like this movie better than Hurt Locker. So and I. I liked Hurt Locker. I liked Hurt Locker yeah. a lot. I think this is the best movie to come about the Iraq War that we've seen thus far. Although I'd like to put the ending of Hurt Locker onto this movie instead of the card. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> that card, boy. That's still irritating. Me. Um, but yeah, and it's it's the best movie that we've seen thus far in terms of dealing with PTSD and the specific PTSD from this war. Um, and the dry land was a pretty good portrayal. Yeah, dry, of it. dry land's a pretty good portrayal yeah. of it. Um, but that actually was all 
coming home. There was no combat in that. There was no combat in that. This, I think, has the, like, where it comes from, what happens. And uh, um, it's worth seeing. And you know what, guys? We want to hear what you have to say. Email us. um, Yeah, we're still working on getting the message boards fixed. Uh, I'm really sorry about that, but they they should be up and going. New people should be able to register soon. If you've already registered, if you're a longtime fan, you can post. It's just new registrations we're having an issue with for some reason. Right. It's some WordPress weird thing. Yeah. Brian's on it, though. (laughs) (laughs) The wolf. Yeah. The lobo's on the case, guys. Um, so, uh, love to hear you guys comments on this and, and, you know, send us an email or post something on the Facebook page. Um, and, uh, love to hear what you guys have to say about this because, uh, you know, I'm actually exhausted from this episode. It's 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 an emotional one, man. It was, I, I saw it over the weekend and I've been thinking about it a lot and what I wanted to talk about and then talking to Lucas and talking to you and, you know, (laughs) and then watching Bill Maher's clip and getting infuriated, um, that like, yeah. Anyway. Thanks. So that's your spoiler app. That's your spoiler app, guys. Number 25. Um, we really appreciate uh, you guys listening. And, and we love that. I, I love that film can bring about these types of discussions. It doesn't yes. have to be a stupid red state, blue state yelling debate. It doesn't have to be that. It can, it can be a discussion, unless you're Bill Maher. Yeah. Um, all right, that's our episode, you guys. Um, I am uh, what? Uh, when is uh, this dropping? Uh, again? This is dropping <laughs> thir- now, Thursday. Okay, so I'm currently in Lake Tahoe as, right. as you're listening to this. <laughs> um, I will be doing um, comics on Safari at the Bray Improv February 11th, and mm-hmm. this just added. Uh, I don't know if it's on the website yet, but it will is uh, February 14th, um, Valentine's Day, headlining the Hollywood Improv. Which nice. would be a fun night. And then, of course, in Vegas, the 17th through the 22nd. Nice. I will be actually in Lake Tahoe for Valentine's Day. I'll be uh, uh, the 11th through the uh, 15th. Uh, the Improv at Harvey's in Lake Tahoe, two weeks after you have. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'll try not to get the place burned down. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Uh, my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember Han, Han shot, shot first. first. Take the shot.